Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. Are you looking for a great educational website? Then go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll free of charge. Get a free class 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. Look, I've got awesome classes there. Classes on the Constitution, classes on the Civil War, classes on secession, classes on American history. A whole slew of great stuff just waiting for you. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com, enroll, and get a real history education. This is exactly why we can't say we live in the Founders America anymore. I'll explain it on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, click on that little heart button under the video, the super thanks button. You can throw a few pennies my way. If you really want to support the show, go to McClanahanAcademy.com, McClanahanAcademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll, and you get great deals on new and forthcoming courses when I put those out because you're on my email list, right? So you get on the email list at brianmcclanahan.com too. While you're there, brianmcclanahan.com, B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Give me that email list. I will give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. Once you're on the email list, you get coupons on new courses. So it's a win-win. If you like the podcast, you'll love the classes at McClanahan Academy. You can also support the show, of course, by buying some of my books. I've got many of those available. Amazon.com has them all, but you can also get them on Barnes & Noble and Books A Million, anywhere books are sold. And always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you like it. Give it that five-star review. Leave a text review wherever you can. That lets people know you love the show. Comment on YouTube. All those things help promote the program and get people thinking locally and acting locally. All right, well, let's talk about the topic of the day. And look, this is something I've hammered on for a long time. But I think there's no better example of it than this particular op-ed or opinion piece at the New York Times by Jim L. Bowie. Now, I've, I've talked a lot about Jim L. Bowie. I've had uh, featured many of his opinion pieces because I think he's the best example of everything I've been saying about the left in print. Not necessarily in books, but at the opinion level for a major player like the New York Times. And I opened the show by saying, look, this is why we, can, we, we don't live in the Founders America anymore. We don't. We live in Lincoln's America. And I think that's the real push. And if you're going to play that game, if you're a conservative, you're going to lose. Because the left has more capital in that than the right does. You see, and this particular piece that Bowie wrote, which uh, was just, it's just a couple of weeks old, um, it has to do with DeSantis' insistence in Florida on new standards for the K-12 curriculum and critical race theory and all kinds of other things. But the most important part of it is that you have to teach 1776. The conservative standard for 1776. Now, uh, this is something that the West Coast Straussians have pushed a long time. They think that we need to do this as well. And this is the 1776 Commission Report. And essentially, the new Florida standards are going to echo the 1776 Commission Report. Well, again, a couple of years ago, I wrote a piece. It's been a little over two years now for Chronicles Magazine, which kicked off a whole slew of debate now for the last two years. American Greatness has been publishing pieces 
that have gone back and forth over this. You know, Michael Anton has been all over it. I mean, I kicked a hornet's nest with this. And um, the point was, of course, at that time, that you cannot be a conservative. You cannot espouse American conservatism, if there is such an ism, but you can't be believe in traditional America if you're going to be a Lincolnian. And it's something, of course, the Abbey Bill Institute has been doing for over 20 years, talking about this. We know that conservatives were doing this way back when, right? Wilmore Kendall and others, Mel Bradford. I mean, this is something that's old, but it's important. And it's important because of pieces like this. And it's also important because of a book that this piece mentions. And I'll talk about that. And of course, the author of the book. Maybe I'll review this book sometime because actually the book is eye-opening. It's the new playbook for the left. And not just that, it shows why, again, if conservatives try to push this message, Lincoln, Lincolnian America, if you, if you try to push the Randy Barnett situation, you know who's going to lose in that? Conservatives. We basically will have a left-wing America, center-left or left, and the, the right will never have an impact politically outside of you know, the local, which is why I've said for years, because the, conserva- the, the national establishment conservatives are so stupid, they're going to do this all the time. It's why I've said for years, the only recourse we have is going to be at the state and local level. That's it. The states and local governments are going to have to get involved in this if they want to protect themselves from... Uh, a, a left-wing America. Now, if you're on the left and you like that, okay. I, I don't see a path to victory for the right long-term pushing this message. They just they just won't. And this is why, you know, when I talk about left-wing decentralization and other things, I think that it's, it's only expedient for the moment because they're worried about the Supreme Court or they might lose the Congress or maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll you know, lose the executive office here and there. But I think they all realize that long-term, there's no way they lose the center. Uh, the demographics are on their side. Voting patterns are on their side. So there's no way they lose it. It's going to take years as California depopulates, and that's happening. It's going to take years for Florida and Texas to gain enough residents who are you know, red state Californians or red state New Englanders, whatever it is. It's going to take years for those people, red state New Yorkers, to tip the balance in favor of those states gaining more seats in Congress to push New York, California, New England aside. It's going to take years. So because it's going to take years, the only recourse again is the local. And so this Jamel Bowie piece, I think, is is just so important to again emphasize, hammer home, this is where we are with this particular situation in America where we have the declaration being pushed, the Lincolnian version of the declaration by the right being pushed as real America. The only side that wins in that is the left. So let me get into this. The piece is titled, 1776 is not just what Ron DeSantis wants it to be. Well, I mean, that's true. You see, this is the problem. You've got the West Coast Straussians. Ron DeSantis, of course, is schooled by the West Coast Straussians. He's nothing more than um, a neoconservative in foreign policy and a West Coast Straussian in domestic policy. This is why I've said before, Ron DeSantis is not the guy. Leave him in Florida. Don't put him in charge of the executive branch. He's just not the guy for that job. But, I mean, 
Um, he's probably going to make a lot of noise in the 2024 primary season. So we'll see. I mean, I predicted that DeSantis probably won't get the nomination. I still think Trump gets it. And I did that last week. But let's go into this. This is Jamel Bowie again at the New York Times. I don't agree with Jamel Bowie, but he does write very interesting pieces. Bowie says, as part of his ongoing war on public education and so-called wokeness, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, wants to put the state's colleges and universities under the strict political control. Last week, Republicans in the state's House of Representatives introduced legislation that would, with DeSantis' approval, escalate and expand an already aggressive effort to politicize higher education. The proposal, House Bill 999, deals with both administration and curriculums. So again, this is going after colleges and universities. South Carolina did something similar to this, where they said that you have to teach the Constitution in your university classes. I remember speaking to a colleague about this, and I said, this is a really bad idea. I don't, it's, it's, I don't know what's worse, not teaching it at all or forcing lefties to teach it from this perspective. You see, you force lefties to teach it, and then they're going to teach it the way they want to, and that's usually going to be a very bad interpretation of the document. I mean, th this is the problem. And so what Florida is trying to do is saying, well, you got to teach it and you have to teach it our way. If you don't teach it our way, well, that's going to be incorrect and it's going to be essentially illegal to be against the law to do it another way. Now, that sounds fine and dandy, but the way they want you to teach it is a 1776 commission report. So the piece continues, it would make illegal the use of any diversity, equity, and inclusion statements as part of the hiring, promotion, and tenure process as well as give the governor-appointed state university boards of trustees the right to review any faculty member's tenure status. The bill would also give the trustees final say over hiring decisions, sidestepping faculty member input as well. Now, this is outside of you know how we're going to teach the founding, but it's essentially trying to end affirmative action hiring in Florida. And uh, that, of course, board of trustees will be under the direction of the governor, and so long as Ron DeSantis is in office... That sounds okay for conservatives. What happens if someone like Charlie Crist was in office? Or, you know, I mean, what happens if a lefty gets in office? Well, then they might go after conservatives. You see, you're, you are. You're politicizing the university process. And while I think that we need more conservatives and, you know, a much more diverse intellectual base at your colleges and universities around the United States, don't get rid of lefties. Just have a much more diversative intellectual base um, this is gonna. This could backfire spectacularly against the right in Florida. When it comes to teaching, House Bill 999 would remove gender studies and critical race theory or any derivative major or minor of these belief systems from college and university instruction. There's also a requirement that those same general education courses not suppress or distort significant historical events or include a curriculum that teaches identity politics or define American history as contrary to the creation of a new nation based on universal principles stated in the Declaration of Independence. Now, that last line is important. So you can't teach, uh, you can't do gender studies, critical race theory. Those, those are all gone. And this has been a trend since the 1990s to have these programs in place. And so they're trying to get rid of that stuff. And you can't teach identity politics, whatever that is. Um, all, I mean, look, you could, you could go back uh, for, for a long period of time and say, well, there's a lot of identity politics in America, but... Uh, but this is basically trying to get rid of, you know, a Marxist interpretation, an, an old, in some ways, an old Marxist interpretation of American history. But this last part, 
You can't teach anything that doesn't define American history as contrary, or uh, I'm sorry, as American history as the creation of a new nation based on universal principles stated in the Declaration of Independence. So basically, you have to teach the proposition nation. You know who's fine with that? The left. And Bowie explains why. He explains why the left is fine with this, because it actually fits their agenda. He says, there's much to say about this bill and the Florida governor's larger educational agenda as an attack on free speech and academic freedom. For now, though, I want to focus on this requirement that colleges and universities teach American history as consistent with the creation of a new nation based on universal principles stated in the Declaration of Independence. So he wants to focus on that because it actually plays into Jamel Bowie's hands, as he says at the end of the piece, in the progressive agenda. He says, this requirement is obviously partisan. Well, at least in theory, it's partisan. The Republicans think it's partisan. They think that the Democrats don't believe this. They think that progressives don't believe this. But Bowie blows that up in the next sentence. He says, but it rests on a bipartisan and widely shared vision of the Declaration and the American founding, in which 1776 and the Statement of Principles at the heart of the Declaration of Independence is an engine of progress that, led in, that leads inevitably and inexorably to everything from the Constitution to the abolition of slavery. This is a bipartisan belief. You know who else believes this? The 1619 Project. You see what these idiots in conservative, conservative ink think they're doing, the West Coast Straussians. Well, if we just do this, it's going to blow apart the 1619 Project because those people don't believe that 1776 was the true founding and the Declaration is the true founding. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. The whole 1619 Project is based on that. Now, they might say America was really founded in 1619, but it's... That's not what they're getting at. If you read it very carefully, what they're saying is the Declaration is, is the foundation of universal principles and the creation of a new nation. But nobody believed it. They didn't do it. In fact, that's what Bowie says. Continue. The founding fathers in this telling may not have lived up to the ideals of the Declaration, but their words would shape and inspire the struggles to come. The assertion that all men are created equal was of no practical use in effecting our separation from Great Britain, observed none other than Abraham Lincoln, and it was placed in the Declaration not for that, but for future use. Now, if you've gotten my reading Abraham Lincoln class at McClanahan Academy, I go through Lincoln's main documents, and I cover this one, right? This is true. It's no practical use. It didn't matter to the men of the founding period. They didn't really believe it. But now we believe it. You see? The Lincolnian shift. Now we believe it. Well, Lincoln wasn't a conservative. No matter how hard people on the right try to make him one, he wasn't. That is the standard narrative. But what if the standard narrative is off? What if, as the legal scholar Kermit Roosevelt III argues in The Nation That Never Was, re Reconstructing America's Story, quote, the standard story gives us an understanding of American history that is not wrong so much as backward one that misleads us about who the heroes of our history are and about who we are and who we must be to become the heroes of our story. Now, this is fascinating that he uses this book. And again, maybe I'll cover this book on this particular show at some point. It came out uh, last year. But Kermit Roosevelt is the, uh, is the grandson of Kermit Roosevelt I and the great-grandson of, of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and what's amazing about that, his father, Kermit Roosevelt II, was the guy that was uh, that was working for the CIA 
that uh, essentially caused the American-Iranian hostage or American uh, American-Iranian hostage crisis ultimately, but was responsible for booting out Mossadegh in Iran. This is this is the lineage here. These are the progressives. Okay, so you, so you go from Teddy Roosevelt, progressive, his son, progressive, his grandson, progressive, his great grandson, progressive. There's a line here of American progressivism. It's it's interesting that Bowie picks up on this and what Kermit Roosevelt says. So Roosevelt, Kermit Roosevelt III is a professor of law, but he's written these books on the Supreme Court and on this. This is essentially the entire, <laughs> the entire uh, basis of what the Abbeville Institute has been talking about for 20 years. He's now just, well, I've written this book. And these, I mean, this is the stuff we've been saying. This is the entire 1607 project we're working on at the Institute. In particular, Roosevelt, who is a professor of constitutional law at the University of Pennsylvania, says that we get the declaration wrong. Oh my gosh. Who else has said that? Me. The Declaration of Independence was not a statement about human rights in the abstract, he writes. It was not a declaration of concrete human rights either. Instead, the Declaration of Independence was about, well, independence. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Now you could, well, that means you're a progressive, McClanahan. No, it just means that this progressive is honest about what the founding actually was. And if we follow this to its logical conclusion that Lincoln was a distortion of the founding, then if we want to go back to the founding, then we don't go to Lincoln. This is what Kermit Roosevelt is actually saying. It's amazing. Quote, it first explains the origin and nature of legitimate political authority. It then explains when the exercise of political authority ceases to be legitimate. And then it endeavors to show that the situation of the American colonists fits the criteria to justify that rebellion. According to Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson's assertion of equality was not an assertion of the need for equal treatment under the law or a declaration of the rights of individuals to enjoy liberty and equality. Rather, it was a standard account of Enlightenment social contract theory brought to bear for use in the Anglo-American conflict. In the Declaration's political philosophy, people start out equal, Roosevelt writes, endowed with natural rights, but lacking the means to protect them. They create governments to secure those rights, and the government's legitimate authority comes from their consent. If the government fails to do its job, the people may reject it and start anew. So this is a very limited view, vision of equality. People are born equal in, in nature, etc., but, but they can't do that on their own, so government has to be instituted to protect those rights. And when government can't do it, then you can overthrow that government and create a new government. Jefferson's equality, writes Roosevelt, is a precise and limited concept. It exists in the hypothetical state of nature, not the real world of political life. People may start out equal in the abstract, but do not stay that way when they enter into society. I mean, he's, he's right about this. This is exactly what these people thought. In, in practice, and, but also when it comes to government, they didn't even do it. They didn't think that that really mattered. And there were certain individuals, and I, I, would, I would disagree slightly. There were certain individuals that, of course, could be part of this. Equality also meant, uh, you know, not just under the law, but uh, in as far as citizenships. You know, that, that mattered, equality of, of citizens. There, there were grades of this. Bowie says there's an obvious response to this. So what? See? So what? So what? What does a declaration matter? So what? 
This is something I've said on the show before. So what? And I agree. This is a response. So what? What difference does it make what Jefferson meant when, when what matters is what later Americans heard? You see? What difference does it make what Jefferson said? Why are we arguing over, Jefferson, over what Jefferson said? Well, the West Coast Straussians make this an important point. Harry Jaffa, equality as conservative, made this an important point. You see, it doesn't really matter about that. What matters is Lincoln. And Lincoln distorted it. Lincoln revolutionized the revolution, as Gary Wills put it. But you see, the West Coast Straussians can't get this. They think Lincoln didn't revolutionize the revolution. Lincoln was just carrying forth Jefferson's uh, position. But if you believe that, then you play right into the hands of the left. As Bowie explains. As written, the Declaration of Independence may not have been a statement of universal equality. So, look, here's a progressive that agrees with the West Coast Straussians because they say the same thing. But it became one in the struggles against slavery and race hierarchy as activists and politicians use it for their own ends. It became one. It doesn't matter what Jefferson said about it. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter what limited nature Jefferson had on equality. That doesn't matter. What matters is he said equality and Lincoln made it equality. In other words, Jamel Bowie would agree with the West Coast Straussians. He would agree with them. Not in what they're saying in, in substance, but what they're saying uh, or what they're saying in the big picture. He agrees with them. This is why they will never ever win. The problem are, and I don't think they see it. I, just, I think they're blind to this because they think, well, if we just push Lincoln all the time, we just push Lincoln, 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 we're going we're gonna to win this. You're going to lose. That's why you don't push Lincoln. The problem argues Roosevelt is that tying our modern egalitarian commitments to the Declaration and the founding is to say, in no uncertain terms, that our values can survive, even thrive, in a world of profound inequality and injustice. And asking modern Americans to see the founding as an uh, endemic movement to see the founders as role models who stated our deepest ideals, we are asking them to accept that those ideals can coexist with slavery, with enslaving one's own children because of the color of their skin. We are saying, in short, that justice can always wait since we'll eventually reach the destination of our ideals. So uh, Roosevelt says if we tie it to the Declaration, if we tie it to the founding period, then we say we can live with slavery. Because we have to wait. And this is what the conservatives will say. Well, I mean, they had it there and they put things on the pathway to this. I would say they didn't believe it at all. They didn't believe any of this stuff. Uh, long, I mean, really, commitment to it was, was tepid at best. This is what Barry Shane says in his big, thick book on the Declaration. They didn't believe it. This wasn't really the founding principle of America. But yet, they took it and made it that way. But if not the Declaration, then when? Where and with whom should we root our values? Roosevelt's answer lies in the Civil War and Reconstruction. You see, this is what uh, Randy Barnett would say. This is what Eric Foner would say. It's what all of them would say. It's what the lefties all say. It's, yeah, the, the, the original Constitution does not work in favor of the left, but Lincoln's Constitution does. And this is exactly what the West Coast Straussians do, too. You read that 1776 Commission report? It's what it is. Well, yeah, we had these things, and we didn't really live up to it. But you know, we had Lincoln, who lived up to it. That's exactly what the left says. It is Lincoln, after all, who claimed that the Declaration uh, claimed the Declaration for a new birth of freedom in his Gettysburg Address, and gave it much of its modern meaning. But to do that, he and the United States had to overturn the old order. In other words, there was a revolution in 1861. 
It's amazing when the left starts agreeing with everything you've been saying for 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is right. Lincoln really wasn't, I mean, well, we could say that Lincoln was not correct about, this is, this Lincoln worship is a little too far, but that there was a shift. In other words, the South was right in this. If you want to believe in the original Constitution, in the original founding, you can't believe in Lincoln's America. Kermit Roosevelt admits it. But to do that, he and the United States had to overturn the old order. Many people, Roosevelt writes, following Lincoln's cue, think of Reconstruction as a process of better realizing founding ideals. The process of change set out in the Founders' Constitution. We would do better to think of it as a revolution that destroyed founding America. He's, he's exactly right about this. Gee, I mean, hadn't people said... This, the amazing thing about this is that people had said this for years, but they're just lost cause apologists. They're just lost causers. They're just bitter lost causers. Is Kermit Roosevelt a lost causer? The results of that revolution, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, transformed American society. They were intended, as Frederick Douglass wrote in 1872, to give full freedom to every person without regard to race or color in the United States. The Civil War Amendments. This is why everyone's focusing on this now, because they realize they've lost the battle over the founding. You see, the, the problem is the West Coast Strousians are trying to hang on to it and think that's it. We can just, you know, rescue our interpretation of the founding is not so bad from the, but the progressives are saying, yeah, so what? We don't even need that anyways. We'll just go to Lincoln. We'll just go to the Reconstruction period. That's really the founding of America, the modern America. That's it. Again, people have been saying this for years. And if you want to be conservative, you don't try to save some type of principle of equality as conservative and all this nonsense. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. Bowie says, so what? In order that this intention should be carried out and acted upon, Douglas continued power for that purpose was given by conferring upon Congress the right to enforce the amendments by appropriate legislation. And among those amendments, the 14th was truly a radical revision to the basic structure of the American Republic. The 14th Amendment, Randy Barnett is telling you as a conservative, is the conservative amendment. But it's not. You know, Feldman, the Noah Feldman book that says, look, yeah, all you, all you right-wingers, you're all right about the founding. Yeah, I mean, but we got the 14th Amendment. It was a radical transformation. Even Lincoln wasn't really the guy to look to. It was really the radical Republicans that we should look to. There will be, its first sentence says, no perpetual outsiders, Roosevelt notes. No hereditary exclusion from our political community. If the Declaration is about an abstract principle and a hypothetical state of nature, then the 14th Amendment is about real people born in the United States and possessing legal rights and citizenship, guaranteed by the power of the federal government itself. The Reconstruction story, Roosevelt argues, is a more honest one. It puts the struggle for liberation at the center of our national political imagination, and it doesn't ask us to rationalize, defend, or even justify the worst actions of the men who founded the United States. We are not heirs to the first American Republic, Roosevelt writes. We are heirs of the people who destroyed it. He admits it. I mean, this is why this book and what Bowie's talking about here is absolutely amazing. He admits it. No, we destroyed that. The first American Republic is gone. We have the second American Republic. We had a French Revolution in 1861. Again, people were pointing this out at the time, but the conservatives don't want to realize that. They can't. Because they want to hold on to that, but think that Lincoln somehow modified it. No, no, no. Roosevelt's saying it correctly. They destroyed it. They destroyed it. 
We are the heirs of the people who destroyed it. Our political community is based on an inclusive equality and not an exclusive individualism. It is the difference between Patrick Henry's cry of give me liberty or give me death and Julia Ward Howe's great imperative let us die to make men free. You see, no more Patrick Henry, it's Julia Ward Howe. It's the battle hymn of the Republic. That was a transformation of America. Gee, again, Southerners said this for a long period of time. If you want to be conservative, you cannot be a Lincolnian or a Republican. I mean, what the left is doing here is exactly what they should have been doing a long time ago. It's brilliant in many ways. They've, co they've taken the, the Reconstruction and, and taken it for what it was, a revolutionary period in America. And they're saying that, you know, we're not going to capit we're not going to we're not going to capitulate we're not going to uh, you know reconcile with people that we don't agree with we're just going to say yeah we own reconstruction we own who lincoln really was in the in the long term even though we don't think lincoln was i mean they all have their problems with lincoln but we own all of that this is why when randy barnett courts people like james oaks he's doing a great disservice to conservatives when you've got uh, uh, you know all these conservatives that promote Eric Foner. I mean, the problem with that is that you're, you've lost. You've capitulated. By no means do I think that any Florida legislature has this particular argument in mind or to condemn or reject. In any case, under House 999, Roosevelt's book would be unteachable in Florida's colleges and universities. But as everyone in this conflict over history understands, education is as much about the creation and maintenance of a social order as it is the dissemination of skills and knowledge. Bowie's right about that. I mean, he's 100% he's right. Whether you accept the standard of the story of the Declaration of Independence or want to root our values in the Civil War and Reconstruction, it is true that our embrace of equality as a national ideal in the 20th century has been a powerful force for a fairer, more expansive view of individual freedom and personal autonomy in American society. In other words, no matter when you look at the Declaration, you this is where I said the Straussians, Here's a progressive, Jamel Bowie, saying no matter when you take the Declaration, even if it's 1776 or 1863 or after that, Reconstruction, 1868, no matter when you take it, it leads to a leftist America. If you believe that the first line of the second paragraph is the founding of America, it leads to a leftist America. The question then for Ron DeSantis is not which allies he hopes to empower or which elections he hopes to win, what order he hopes to create and usher into being. Jamel Bowie, in this particular piece, should put nails in anyone believing in the West Coast Straussian myth, the Lincolnian myth that is somehow going to lead to a conservative America. This is why this piece is, I want to talk about it, because it's so good in that way. I, I mean, again, Bowie's on the left, but he gets it. He understands. He's telling you right here. He's telling the West Coast Straussians right here. Hey, thanks for thanks for giving us thanks for conceding the field. Thanks for giving us the game. You just lost. See you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan show. See you then.